You betrayed your stepson, and you took his life. You took away everything he was and everything he could ever become. I can't imagine the terror and confusion that he must have felt in the last moments of his life when he knew his life was being taken by someone he trusted to protect it. My name is Madison, and you are listening to or watching Who's Knocking, a true crime podcast. I am back. I've been away for two weeks. Some of you may have noticed my absence. Some of you may have not, but I have been away. Um, I have three kids, and each of them got sick one at a time, and now the second one is re-sick, so this might even be coming out later. I don't know, but I'm back, and very pleased to be here. Yeah, also I have really bad allergies, so hopefully I can keep the sniffling to a minimum. We shall see. Um, today I'm starting a series that is, I don't know how many episodes it's gonna last. I'm really behind, so I'm like doing things as they come or I'm just putting things out as I do them. I am not ahead on anything in life. So we will see how long this is gonna go. Um, but I think it might be a couple episodes, a few. I think a couple technically means two and a few means three, but I don't know, three, four, I don't know, we'll see. So today I begin a series on the murder of 11-year-old Gannon Stouck. This case occurred in the beginning of 2020 and it was only just tried. I watched the whole trial as it happened and I talked about it in my newsletter, Grim Weekly, and I'm sure many of you are aware of the outcome by now. What I wanna dive into in this series is the details and very specifically the mind and the absolute audacity of murderer Letitia Stouck. We really got to see it all laid out during the trial and I think that this is a pretty extreme example of like a Casey Anthony level monster. Even if you basically know what happened, unless you're one of those crazy people who spent hours and hours and hours reading and listening to every single detail of this case, I bet you will probably learn something new and very disturbing while watching this. And if you don't, we should probably be friends. Just a very wee warning here, this series discusses the brutal murder of a child. It is extremely disturbing, so only continue watching if that's something that you think that you can handle. Now, there is not a whole lot of very reliable information about Letitia Stouck's childhood. Most of what I could gather was taken from the trial testimony. We do know that Letitia's mother seemed to have really loved her children. According to her son, Dakota Lowry, she was very protective and she did her best for them. It did seem, however, that Deborah maybe did not have the greatest taste in men. Her second husband, James Lowry, who was Dakota's father and Letitia's stepfather, was apparently very abusive. It was alluded to during testimony that James's experience in the military and 
during his active duty in a war zone were mostly where his behavior came from. Dakota Lowry on the stand alluded to something before he was cut off because technically he was not allowed to testify to this, but that his mother always said that he, after he went away to war, he came back a completely changed man. James was a raging alcoholic and he was physically abusive towards Deborah uh, when he drank. So much so that Deborah would often have to flee with her children to a motel when he was drunk and they would wait it out there until he sobered up. Now, when Dakota Lowry was on the stand, he testified to a situation in which his father, James, actually fed him so much alcohol that he passed out cold and Dakota was three years old at the time of this. So this is some like deep-seated just craziness. Now, since Gannon's murder, Letitia has come out with many stories about her past and a history of sexual abuse that she claimed she suffered earlier in her life. And one of the alleged perpetrators of some of the past sexual abuse was James Lowry, her stepfather. She made claims that he'd raped her and repeatedly sexually abused her. Her claims are completely unsubstantiated and James is no longer alive to refute those claims. On the stand, Dakota Lowry said that he didn't know anything about any sort of weird or predatory relationship between Letitia and James and said that if something unsavory sexually had been going on that he believed he would have known. But it is true that Letitia left home when Dakota was only two years old, so it's, you know, difficult to say. Dakota also went on to testify that when Letitia would come uh, back to visit, she, uh, she would bring knives to give Dakota to protect him from his own father. Clearly, James was a physical threat to the family, but the sexual abuse is the part that we cannot confirm. I think that it is reasonable to conclude that Letitia had a very unstable upbringing and that almost definitely included some physical abuse and may have included sexual abuse, but the sexual abuse, I don't know. Now, Letitia's educational history is very much up for debate. Letitia has made many claims about her educational history, but most of it has yet to be verified. Uh, she did, uh, like, you know, it's, she's, she did testify in a way that this was all true in a court of law where she would have been under oath, but I think if you watch the trial, a lot of stuff that was said under oath was still questionable. I will take you through what she says is her educational background as I feel it is pretty relevant. Now, looking at Letitia Stouk's LinkedIn profile, it shows us exactly the levels of education she claims to have completed. Under uh, about on her profile, it says, quote, passionate educator, dedicated researcher, curriculum specialist, education specialist, future ED, uh, future ed, I think it's education doctorate class of 2019, end quote. Uh, she is listed that she got her master's degree in curriculum and instruction at Capella University between 2009 and 2011. Now, Capella University university, university, is a credible university. It is, however, completely an online school. From 2011 to 2013, she got an education specialist degree in educational leadership and administration from Liberty University. And then from 2013 to 2019, she got her doctorate 
of Education and Educational Instruction and Curriculum Supervision, again at Liberty University. Now, both of these schools are officially recognized and accredited by the Higher Learning Commission, and they appear to be real and legitimate learning institutions. Letitia used these degrees to acquire multiple jobs in education, both in South Carolina and in Colorado. She also testified under oath that she earned all of these degrees. However, a lot of people are still skeptical as there is still no real evidence besides her own word. None of the schools have come out and said that it is true that she did attend their schools, and I don't know why that would be. Now, why is all of this relevant? Well, maybe it isn't, but I think there are two reasons that it's kind of relevant, her educational history, that is. One, if she is lying about her educational background, it goes towards her history of being a giant liar and manipulator. And two, I think her educational history and her career in uh, education, specifically teaching young children, um, it made her seem like somebody who could be trusted around children, somebody who you wouldn't have a problem leaving your children with. If you were Gannon's parents, wouldn't the fact that Letitia had worked in education and had over 10 years of education in education make you feel at least somewhat at ease leaving your children in her care? Not that that alone would be enough, but I'm just saying I think it could be a factor. And hopefully I'm not getting too ahead of myself here uh, for those of you who, who don't know the story um, as intimately as I do. Um, that was just a little bit to explain Letitia, who is the perpetrator uh, of our story. Um, again, it's really hard to get an accurate description of really who Letitia was earlier in her life. I don't think any of her family has really come out to talk about her. Um, we, we do know that she seemed to be somebody who suffered from um, at least some sort of anxiety disorder. She uh, was being treated for anxiety at the time. Her brother, again on the stand, alluded to the fact that she, she like, had a, she really liked things to be meticulously clean all the time. Like, uh, he would, he said, like she, we thought she had OCD. We do know that Letitia hated her name. She did not like the name Letitia. She liked to go by T, um, and she, she either went by T or Tisha. Um, and her kind of nicknames for herself will become relevant in a little while and probably in a, in a following episode. Um, but she also seemed to be the type of person who she liked to live above her means. Um, this was alluded to by mostly her ex, now ex-husband, Al Stauk. Um, she really looked up to people like the Kardashians and really tried to emulate that lifestyle. Um, and that became a very big mismatch in her life because she just, she didn't have the money for it. Um, so there were a lot of things going on with Letitia near the time of the murder. Um, and I guess leading up to it. I do think it's fair to say 
she didn't come from a great family situation. Um, and she definitely suffered from some trauma due to that and um, some anxiety, as many people do. Now I'm going to get a little bit more into Gannon's family and his parents. So let's talk a little bit about them. Al Stauk is Gannon's father. His real name is actually Eugene Stauk, but he chooses to go by Albert, which I believe is his middle name. Now it was revealed in the investigation, actually through Letitia, so not sure how reliable this is, that Al goes by Al because he has a very bad association with the name Eugene. I believe it was his father who was also named Eugene, and it's been claimed that Al's father, Eugene, was sexually abusive towards Al, and that is why he goes by Al instead of Eugene. That's Gannon's father. His biological mother, his real mother, is Landon Bullard, and Al and Landon were married, and they had two children while living in South Carolina. Gannon, who was born September 29th, 2008, he was born very maturely, and he was super tiny, weighing only one pound, six ounces, and he was apparently only given a 10% chance of survival at birth. But he beat those odds, and he went on to grow up to be a completely normal boy. Now, Gannon also had a younger sister named Lena. Lena was only eight at the time of Gannon's death, so she was three years younger than Gannon. Now, there's a lot of speculation about the split between Al and Landon, and apparently Al and Landon and Letitia all knew each other uh, through some sort of softball league in South Carolina. There had been allegations of cheating on both Al and Landon's parts pre-divorce, but I'm not sure exactly what the situation was. What is clear is that Al and Landon got divorced and then Al married Letitia pretty quickly after that in 2015. Now, Al and Landon shared custody of their two kids for a while, um, and what their situation was was the kids stayed in the family home, and Al and Landon would switch off every other week living in the home with the kids. But that arrangement did not last long. Uh, Landon was also remarried, and she remained in South Carolina while Al and Letitia relocated to Colorado Springs. Colorado Springs, Colorado. Um, the kids were going back and forth for a while until Al was able to get full custody after the, the divorce was completely settled. It was alleged by Letitia that Landon was a drug addict and was homeless, which is why they got full custody of the kids. Landon has refuted those claims and said that she was not uh, a drug addict or homeless, that she was actually dealing with a very difficult pregnancy with her new husband, and she had to spend a lot of time in the hospital. So Landon had agreed that it would be good for the kids to remain in one location. It's my understanding that this scenario or this setup was supposed to be somewhat temporary. Um, so Al and Letitia were living together with Gannon and Lena, as well as Letitia's 17-year-old daughter, Harley Hunt. Now, it, who she had from a previous marriage. So she was also a divorcee, by the way. So Al was working in the military at the time. Uh, so he was often deployed and gone for months at a time. And in this arrangement, Letitia was left to do all the childcare and also work her full-time job. Now, I discussed some of her educational background before. Her work, her, her work history was in the educational field. Um, 
Now, there was some tension between her and Al because Letitia seemed, or according to Al, seemed to like hop from job to job, although her LinkedIn does not really support that. Um, so I'm not sure how true that was or if that was more his perception. Um, however, at the time of Gannon's disappearance, Letitia had just started a new job at a new school and she was also actively applying for jobs as a flight attendant. Now, it was clear that childcare and uh, like Letitia's work was a huge point of contention in Al and Letitia's relationship. Um, Letitia really resented having to take care of the children full time, particularly Gannon and Lena, who were not her children and who would often talk about missing their real mother because they are children and they missed their mother. Now, there was a point not too long before everything happened in 2020 um, in which Al had been stationed in Alaska and he was able to have the whole family come out to Alaska to be with him. And so they went, but Letitia hated every second of it. And the deployment ended after Letitia accused one of Al's colleagues of sexual assault. Now, I don't think that they ever really got to the bottom of these allegations. Um, I think I'd say 99% that they were unfounded and lies. Um, but the whole scenario of these accusations led to like things being way too weird for Al in Alaska working with those colleagues and so uh the family moved back to or I, I think I think they started in I don't know what the the series of uh places they were at but that's when they moved to Colorado Springs um and I think that most people believe, and I as well believe, that Letitia concocted that whole um, situation. She made up the allegations so that they could move back because she hated Alaska so much. Now, based on evidence that I will get to later, it is clear that there were a lot of issues between Al and Letitia and there had been talk of divorce. Now, before I get to exactly what happened here, I want to talk a little bit about Gannon himself. So Gannon Stouk was 11 years old at the time of his death. He was an adorable, innocent 11-year-old child. He loved video games. He had a Nintendo Switch, which he was constantly playing. He loved the character Sonic. Gannon was a nice kid. He did what he was told. He was good to his little sister. He had friends who enjoyed playing outside with him. Gannon had his whole life ahead of him, and there was every reason to believe that he would have gone on to be a contributing member of society, and everybody is worse off after his death. It's always really upsetting um, to talk about the death of a child, especially as brutally as uh, as occurred in this story. Um, and thinking about uh, what could have been, I mean, I can't imagine what things are like for his family, um, but it's very, very, very upsetting to think about the life that somebody could have lived and all the experiences they never got to have um, because somebody decided to take their life. Um, I recently said in one of my newsletters that I was not going to be covering uh, 
deaths of children for a while because I've done a couple and it always really upsets me. Um, but I just think that this, I, I've been following this specific case for a really long time, ever since it kind of began unfolding. Um, so I've got a pretty, uh, I'm pretty invested in it. And I think that, you know, a lot of people maybe kind of heard about it, but like the details of it are just brutal. So I'm gonna get into the timeline of the events um, chronologically and tell you what what we're dealing with here. Now it was January of 2020, just after Christmas, Al had been sent out of state to do some training for work. Uh, so Letitia was left home with the three children. He was sent to Oklahoma. Uh, Letitia had just started a new job at a school and she was literally days into this job. The situation and how she acquired this job was very weird. Uh, through court testimony, we learned that she clearly only barely wanted the job. The employer had to pretty much hound her to get her to agree to take it. And even after she'd taken it, she told the school that she still wanted to go to other job interviews. Um, the school must have been pretty desperate for them to allow this to go on. I think that the woman who hired her alluded to like there, that somebody had like just left the position. Um, so cl clearly they were just trying to get it filled, right? We know that at the time, Letitia was looking into flight attendant jobs. So I think that she was probably pretty checked out of her job in education, which I understand. Like it's not, I can't imagine working with classrooms full of children every day. Uh, I would check out as well. However, being a flight attendant was clearly never going to work with her home and family life. So, you know, we know this is, was incompatible. On January 26th, Al left for his two-week training post in Oklahoma. Harley, uh, Letitia's daughter, spent a bunch of time at work. And she worked at a place called Massage Envy. Uh, it was a massage place. And Letitia took the other two kids on a hike at a popular nearby trail called Garden of the Gods. Now, Letitia said that the hike got cut short because Gannon was having stomach issues and wanted to go home. A pretty important side note here. Gannon had suffered from some gas gastrointestinal problems, which often caused him uh, to have some pretty severe constipation, resulting in some very painful bowel movements and sometimes having accidents, uh, whatever, like that's, you know, something that he suffered from. And it was pretty clear that Letitia was often annoyed at this and she really resented having to deal with this and clean up after Gannon, um, especially when he would have an accident. Now this, uh, the 26th was also the night of the candle incident, which is a very important incident in this story. I'll tell you about the candle incident. So Letitia's claim was that Gannon had lit a candle and then he knocked it over, I guess, while he was falling asleep. And then a small fire started on their basement carpet and spread onto Gannon. And she smelled something burning and saw smoke. So she ran downstairs. Um, and like a superhero, she used her body to slam on him and put it out. But this, it was a huge commotion. Um, there was tons of smoke. It like smoked up the whole house. Uh, and like, this was a big, uh, 
situation. This fire resulted in some burns on Ganon, which she said got blistery and pussy and even bloody, but then she claimed that they really didn't bother him at all, like he was fine. It also made a big burn patch in the carpet, which she decided to fix by cutting out that piece, like the burned piece, and then going out the next day to look for a piece to patch it up with. They lived in a new housing development, so she went to another part of the development that was still under construction, and she flagged some guy down and asked him if they had the same carpet and whatever, and I'll get a little bit more into that later. Now, the only reason that we really know that some part of this is true is that there is a recording of a conversation between Letitia and Gannon regarding the situation. It is very upsetting to listen to, so just be warned. Gannon, I promise is the last time I'm going to ask you. I'm just freaked out, okay? Are you sure you didn't do it on purpose? Okay, you promise. You promise. Pinky promise. Okay. All right. So listen, listen. We're, all right. I'm, we're gonna have to sell stuff to fix it. Okay. So we figure out what we gotta sell. We can sell the sofa. We can sell whatever because we gotta get it fixed. So lady, don't be mad at us and kick us out of the house. Okay. You got it. You got it. I'm just worried about my friend. Okay, shh. Listen, 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 listen. Now, this video is so weird. She's playing some very weird-ass manipulation games, making Ganon believe that because of the burn on the carpet, uh, they were going to have to sell some of their things to pay for a new carpet, or they would probably get kicked out by the landlord. Like, she's really putting this all on him which is so weird. And when Ganon is crying and says that he's worried about his burns and is clearly in pain, she shushes him, which is just foul behavior. I don't think I need to go further into why this is so disgusting and manipulative. I think it's very obvious why. Um, and why did she make this recording? That I do not know. Um, that I do not know. I don't know if she accidentally made this recording. It kind of, that's what I initially thought it was. Um, or if, I, 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 yeah, I just, I, I, I see no reason why she made this. I, th I think that she accidentally made this recording and then deleted it and then it was recovered from her phone later um, when they inevitably took her phone. On Monday, January 27th, Letitia said that Gannon was not feeling well and he was having stomach issues. Um, so she said he could stay home from school and because she didn't want him to be alone, she also stayed home from work. Um, now, instead of calling into her new job to let them know that one of her children was sick and she needed to stay home with them, something that I assume is pretty normal for like a teacher, Letitia went about it in a little bit of a different way. She texted her boss, I believe, who is the vice principal of the school, Leslie Hicks, at 3 a.m., Quote, I'm sorry for the time of night message, but my stepfather passed away. Someone hit him with a car while he was walking. I can update you at a later time, end quote. Interesting fact about this scenario. This is how her stepfather died, but he died years prior to this. Now, Letitia resent this message at 4.37 a.m. and Leslie responded at 5.50 a.m. saying, quote, Oh my goodness, Letitia, I am so sorry. Shall we try and find a sub for you today? End quote. Now, instead of 
like a regular person, just responding with, yes, thank you so much, Letitia replied, quote, question mark, question mark, it's apparent. All my family lives on the East Coast. I'm trying to find a way to get there, end quote. Leslie then says, quote, okay, I'm just trying to understand your plan so we can find coverage. Am I understanding that you will not be in today, end quote. To which Letitia replies, quote, yes, it's my parent. I can't believe that would not be an assumption in a time like this, end quote. Leslie, quote, again, I am so sorry, I can't make assumptions, end quote. Now, this is just a start. If you don't know anything about this case, you're, you're just getting to know Letitia. And this is very indicative of who she is as a person. Um, we know, at this point in my telling, we know that this is a lie, that her father did not die. Her stepfather did not die, at least right now. We know that her claim is that Gannon was sick and she was staying home with Gannon because he was not feeling well. Why did she uh, decide to tell the vice principal of a school that she's been working at, I think for like three or four days, this lie? Dunno. Um, and then while she's lying, she has the nerve <laughs> to get angry at this woman who she messaged at three o'clock in the morning and 4.47 or whatever, very, very early in the morning, these lies. Uh, and then she has the audacity to get mad at her. Like, it's just this woman, she gives no fucks. And she's got some balls on her, some big ass balls. And you will, you will see. You will see these balls in action bouncing around. She's got some balls. Now, during this morning, Letitia also notified uh, Al that Gannon was having stomach problems, again, in the middle of the night. Um, and that he wouldn't be going to school. Lena did go to school, and there is also CCTV footage that proves that Gannon was alive, at least for most of this day. Uh, Gannon and Letitia took a trip to a local Petco. Um, they're also seen arriving home together on some neighbor's uh, like camera footage. Letitia said that Gannon was feeling better and, by the end of the day, and so she allowed him to go to a friend's house between 3.30 and 4 p.m. that day. Now, when he did not return home on time, she called the police and reported him missing at 6.45 p.m. Now, initially, uh, Gannon was treated as a runaway, and the police didn't come to the house until around 10 p.m. Letitia said that he went to a friend's house and then he didn't come home, which is why they believed that he was a runaway. Um, she also made a couple of indications that made it seem like Gannon was like getting into drugs and possibly left home on his own accord. First, she showed the police this cigar. I believe it was like a Swisher Sweets type thing. Um, but you know, like the type of cigar that you wouldn't really smoke it as a cigar. You would use it to like roll a blunt or at least that's what we did in my day. Um, I don't know what the kids are into these days, but anyway, that's the indication. Letitia said she found one of these in his backpack. Um, there were also text messages where Gannon was asking his parents for bath salts who for a friend of his who was older and was asking for them. Um, and this was at the time where that like online bath salts, like people were doing bath salts as drugs was happening. That was a thing. Obviously none of this was true. We will find out. Now, as soon as Al found out what was going on, he flew back home and Landon also flew into Colorado Springs from South Carolina and stayed at the Stauk home. This situation in which Landon was being, uh, was 
staying at the house caused a huge fight between Letitia and Al. Letitia was being super sketchy right from the get-go. During the trial, text messages were shown between Al and Letitia where she's clearly way more focused on her and Al's relationship than Gannon being missing. Uh, that is clue number one. The second very odd behavioral thing that happened was she uh, Letitia went to go pick up Al from the airport when he landed. And instead of driving her own Volkswagen Tiguan, she rented a car from the airport. Now, the reasoning she gave for this was that her Volkswagen was uh, a leased car and she didn't want to put a bunch of mileage on it uh, while out looking for Gannon as they planned to, you know, go out looking for him. She'd be driving around a lot. Weird, but okay, like what is having a car for, but all right. Um, she told Al that her car was parked at the school that she worked at and that a colleague of hers had driven her to the airport. But when Al drove by the school later that day while he was out looking for his son, he did not see Letitia's car there. And that's when he began thinking that his wife maybe knew more than she was saying. Now, what Letitia really did with her car uh, was she drove her Tiguan to the airport, she parked it in the parking lot, and then she rented a car. Soon after, Landon and other family members began to gather at the Stouk home to help look for their missing child, Letitia, she started changing her story a little bit. She told Al that actually what had happened was this. So she'd, the candle situation happened, which she admitted to. And so she approached a worker in a nearby housing development for a piece of carpet, hoping to match their carpet. And he told her that he would that he had it and he would come and fix it for her. Um, so she gave him the code to their garage. When she was still out, he entered the home and he lay in wait for Letitia to come home. And when she got home, he attacked her and raped her. And Gannon tried to defend her, but Letitia had been knocked out cold in the process because she fell onto a table. And the man took off with Gannon. Now, this attacker was a Hispanic man named Eduardo. This story was just the beginning of Letitia's web of Casey Anthony level lies. I will start on that web next week. You guys, it's gonna get like this episode, it's, you know, not the most exciting or crazy, but it lays the foundation for what we are going to get into because this woman is, I've literally never, I think she's, I have to say, I do think in terms of like lie, uh, being a liar, I think she's worse than Casey Anthony. And that's saying a lot because Casey Anthony is scum of the earth. So stick around uh, for next week. And uh, if you're following the case, let me know. Um, yeah, it's very, it's a very upsetting one. Um, if you made it this far, thank you so much. Please uh, consider subscribing to this channel. Uh, it would help me out a lot. And um, please stay safe out there because you never know who's knocking. This podcast is produced in collaboration with Lost Line Media. Artwork by August Digital. Music by Matthew Cook.